Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Episode 35 of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today, subbing in for Tiffany, is James Boyd's favorite wrestling podcaster, Mr. Caleb Baldwin. How are you doing today, Caleb? I am doing great. And uh, I mean, if ever there was an accurate description, an adjective used to describe Caleb Baldwin, you just nailed it on the head. But hey, before we get started, thank you for having me on the show. It is greatly appreciated. Yes, I have been trying to do some podcasting with you for a while. Caleb works, works almost as much as me. And so uh, we uh, trying to get together is always difficult because he is always working, which is awesome. Yes. (laughs) Hey, you know, we are workaholics, sir. We are workaholics. So I get it. You got to pay the bill somehow, you know? Yes. Well, Caleb is here to kick it with me and talk about some AEW. I got two things to start off with first like to remind you that uh, every episode of All Things Elite, as of now, is brought to you by PowerSlam TV. PowerSlam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile devices. If you use the code SOCIALCLUPLEX, you get the first month free. All right. Now, that is that business, but the next business is we are running a contest for All Things Elite over at the All Things Elite Twitter. That's at AT Elite Pod. The giveaway is for the viewing on Fight TV of StarCast 4 in Baltimore. I believe there are 10 uh, stage shows that will be this weekend. The second thing you will get from BR Live, you will get 
the full gear pay-per-view. I will be live in attendance, but you will get to watch it through BR Live on All Things Elite. Now, I've seen some other contests out there, and I hope you, I will say, make sure you go enter them all and try to win whatever you can so you don't have to pay for this show. Uh, with us, you know, it's just literally me giving you our account login and saying, hey, you can watch the show. So uh, that's, how it, that's what happens with us. So it's prepaid. You get to watch it as much as you want. Uh, that's why I, that's how I was told I had to do it originally, but whatever. But that would be Starcast Four from Baltimore. Oh, uh, it's ten stage shows, and on VR Live you'll get to watch Cody win the AEW World Championship, and so that would be a great weekend for both you and me. Wait, so you're saying you're gonna give them access to? Not only StarCast 4, not only Full Gear, but also apparently some pay-per-view that's long in the future. No, no, no. We're, <laughs> you're you're going you're gonna to look down at the third row, and, and as Cody's lifting his belt as a champion, you're going to see me as a blubbering mess, you know, uh, as Cody is the uh, defeats Chris Jericho, and then I'm going to go out and have a lot of bit of the bubbly. You know, because, yeah, you know, that's the only way. That's the only way. A bunch of hugs and crying and everything like that. I know. we. uh, Tiffany, who's our usual host, did a little unofficial poll on her Twitter account to see who they believed women. And 70% of people picked Chris Jericho. That means that 70% of people... They they looked into their heart, and they looked into their their head, and they went with their head over their heart. And honestly, I, I admire that. I really do. I will know that seventy percent of the people are wrong. And I always said, if I run a wrestling company, uh, it, which it would fail miserably, if I found <laughs> out seventy percent of the people thought one thing, I would do the other thing. That's uh, that's pretty much Vince Russo's booking strategy, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 no. Yeah, I guess it is because I, hey, you can say a lot of things about Vince Russo, but I never saw that shit coming. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think Samoa Joe was going to get kidnapped by ninjas either, but that doesn't make it good. Yeah, you know, Judy Bagwell being anywhere involved in wrestling, I, I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah, but you know what? Those are the glory days of the company formerly known as uh, TNA. Oh, yes, yeah, Yes. the the prototype to TNA. Yes, the company (laughs) formerly known as TNA. Um, All right, so the big news of the week, Cody and Jericho, they did add a stipulation to their match. In In case the match goes full 60 minutes, a panel of three judges will decide the winner. Mr. Caleb, what do you think about that? Well, I'm not as up in arms about this as everyone else seems to be. Some people seem to think they're watch they're going to be watching WWE full gear because they they hear this uh 60 minute uh time limit with three judges who will decide um the result if the match goes to the time limit 
and they think, well, you know, they brought the gun out, so obviously they're going to have to use it. They're going to use it because, you know, they don't do subtly. But then you have to remember, you're not watching Vince McMahon's pro wrestling. You are watching Tony Khan's pro wrestling, Cody Rhodes's pro wrestling, you know, and so on. So you're watching a different company here. You're not watching the WWE. You have to, in my opinion, you've got to come at, at this with an open mind. I don't think this match is going to go an hour. And honestly, and I love Cody and Chris Jericho. I don't want this match to go an hour. And I, again, I don't think it does. So I, I don't really see it as a huge deal like some people do. But that's where I land on the situation, Floyd. Yes. When I was growing up and there were hour matches, uh, a good 25 to 30 minutes of those hour matches were chin locks. And I truly believe that's the only way Chris Jericho could go an hour. I mean, I, I respect Chris Jericho, I, and, and he does the DDTP yoga, DDPY, excuse me, and he stays in phenomenal shape. But an hour is a long time in a world where they don't really accept rest holds as a part of wrestling. An hour is a long time. So I think the whole three-man judge thing is a red herring that I don't even think the match goes more than 35 minutes, personally. Yeah, I think uh, I think 35 minutes is the ceiling. Yes, because, um, again, love Jericho. I just don't think this would lend to their strengths, a match going an hour. I think that's a, that's a really nice way to put it. It won't lend to their strengths. Yeah, I, I think it would be very tone-deaf of them mm. if they if they decided to go an hour and so far this company has shown amongst a lot of things, they are not for the most part, they are not tone deaf. Yes. And it's you're like me, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. Cause I know that Cody is going to, uh, raise the flag for the nightmare family when he wins the title, but other people, they want to, they want to see a 60 minute match. I mean, 60 minute matches are great now. Don't get me wrong. I have no problem with an hour, but I just don't think that, I don't think they're gonna go with an hour. They've been doing really good with their pay per views, and they're always exciting and kind of fast paced. I think the hour would bring it to a street and halt, and that would definitely test. It's gonna it would test the endurance of their fan base, me included, yeah. or me included. I'm like. No, no, no. But yeah, if somebody was like, oh, this match is only going to last 20 minutes, I'd be okay with that. You know what I mean? Because I think they yeah. could, I think Cody and uh, Cody and Jericho could do an exponentially better 20-minute match than they could do an hour match. Yes. And this is coming from a deep believer of Cody. Very much a believer. But I, 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 I think they need to, I think for an hour, you're going to need another guy on the side of that ring. Uh, you know, to, and I think both ways. I I truly do. I I honestly think they are both. They would have to show me some. If they do an hour and pull it off, I will more than bow to Cody like I always do. But I don't think I like I say I just don't think it's going to an hour. It's a stipulation for you for to basically throw you off to what their actual ending's going to be, which, like I said, red herring. Yeah, and I think, again, like you said, 
this is a red or a red herring, like you had said. But I think more than anything, it's also setting a precedent that you know these important these main event matches, you know, they're gonna have a winner one way or another. And say maybe down the road you you do like a, I don't know, Kenny and Pac or something, in a main event. You have them hypothetically go the full hour, and then all of a sudden they go to the judges. The judges go to a tie, or or they don't go to a tie. Can he say hypothetically has the match won and then they go to they go to the draw, they they go to the time limit, and then the judges award the match to Pac based on earlier performances and that sort of thing. I, I mean, you got to think you know they're not just throwing this out here for one night, yeah, because they build they build on things. So yeah, it's my whole thought process is it will be a perfect way to protect Cody. Because, you know, they do the wins and losses. You know, they are big on the wins and losses matter. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the whole thing of this company. That, that's one of the first things Tony Khan said. Yes, if you want Cody to lose without losing, he goes 60 minutes and lose by decision. Which, uh-huh. But I don't think any fans would want that. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather, I'm serious, as a person that, Thinks wants Cody to win. I'd rather him just take a Judas effect and lose. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, than that or a roll up or something, you know. But uh, yeah, so but yeah, that was the big news because that rained down a lot of information and uh, people had opinions on the back and forth. And of course, they said, "Don't tell me Jericho and Cody's going an hour." Well, you know, both of these dudes, I can say, over the last couple years, two, three years, I've heard what they can't do quite a bit. And every time someone says they can't do something, not only do they do it, they execute it well. Yes. Hypothetically, before we move on, who do you think the three judges will be? Because I have an idea on at least two of them. I don't know. I'm going to go Uncle Arn. Definitely is going to be one of them. Yeah. Uh, they're going to need a former world champion, and he's worked with the company. I think Brett the Hitman Hart would be too. Okay. I hadn't even considered him, but yeah. And three uh, since that actually scratch Brett the Hitman Hart, Great Muda. Okay. And then Sting. I'm just going with the people that are going to be a star cast. Really? See. I was thinking they'd go with people that are in the company that, you know, they'd be able to use again, you know, at other pay-per-views. Like, I was thinking, and I hadn't even considered Bret Hart, but yeah, I've, hypothetically, I would still throw Bret Hart out there. Okay. And my two, who I'd already determined, um, Dean Malenko, who already works for the company, and, um, man, I'm blanking on him. Oh, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn was the third one. So you, th- oh, so you were like, use the agents that are already there. See, yeah, that's what I, I, in my mind, I was thinking they're going to try to use former world champions. That would make. I mean, it would make sense to you at least have one of them. Yeah, so that's what I was. That that's where my head went is former world champions. They Arn might be too close to Cody to be one of them. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. It would be. I know they would not do this. I know they wouldn't do this. But it would be so awesome. If they brought in, like, you know, people from outside companies, like, it'd be Billy Corgan. 
Scott <laughs> D- Scott Demore, you know those kind of people, the people that run the other companies because this is the world champion. But of course, every yeah. week NWA takes a shot that you know Nick Aldis is the real world champion. Yeah. So I don't see that happening, but I think they'll shock us, you know. Yeah, my my brain immediately went to uh, my my uh, one of my personal favorites of the ruthless aggression era, Christian Cage. But then I remembered he's got the WWE association, and I figure that's he, probably going to happen. And he's I think he is one of the hosts of backstage. So yeah, I don't oh, think he, yeah. I don't think uh-huh. he's going to show up on TV for anyone else. I mean, yeah. they could go with my boy Sugar Ray Lewis, you know, because when it comes to judging, he'd kill it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so uh, I don't know who they're gonna go with. I don't. I I really don't. I like I said. I I, I think if you wanted to go continuity, Bret Hart was there to crown their first world champion. So yeah, he, I, he, he, yeah, yeah. So having Bret Hart there would be good. I don't know how likely it would be for Sting to show up on non WWE TV, but that would be awesome if they could have Bret Hart, Sting, and then another person I don't know how would be again because it's in Baltimore. Go with Ron Simmons. Oh, he won the title there. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, but yeah, I don't want anything gimmicky. Like I don't. I I mean, personally, I don't want like MJF to be one of the judges where it's obvious he's going to vote for Cody and Sammy Guevara to be one. I want it to be kind of three independent judges. And even if you're not going to use them, you know, which, you know, would make sense. Uh, just have it make, make sure some good people make sure, make sure to shock. And they've always been good at shock. So I, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, going to be disappointed. But we'll see who that is. But yeah, someone. Yeah. Someone pitched, you know, before we go on one last thing, someone pitched. And I thought it was kind of cute, kind of clever. Like if he's in good enough shape. Just to, you know, make an appearance as a judge, Terry Funk of all people. Ah, uh, yes, that would be cool if he yeah. if he's in good enough shape. Definitely, like, yeah, because I was trying to think of, you know, people, Baltimore people, and I was just like, but again, the big thing was the big thing is they're going to have a bunch of old WCW legends there, so that would you know be, be used like, hey, you already had them booked for Starcast. Go ahead and book them for the uh, show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, on to the next. We are going to review. I'm going to take you on a quick review to AEW Dark this week. Uh, Caleb did not watch it because... I was was watching something else at the time. (laughs) He likes inferior wrestling, which is cool. Uh, So, uh, we had Dustin Rhodes and Sonny Kiss against QT Marshall and the librarian Peter Avalon. It was cool to see QT get his shot, uh, get uh, get to wrestle. Dustin Rhodes uh, used his, like, spinning suplex. I forgot what they call it, but he pinned Peter Avalon uh, for the win. Then we had a fatal four-way women's match. It, I thought it was going to be two singles matches because I read it wrong, but it's fatal four-way women's match. We had Sadie Gibbs versus Penelope Ford versus Allie versus Emmy Sakura. Emmy Sakura, who does her Johnny Mercury impression, she beats uh, she pinned Penelope with a Tiger Driver. Then you had a segment 
undesirable to undeniable with Cody Rhodes and MJF. MJF, he asked MJF when he felt undeniable or undesirable, and he's like, when it comes to wrestling, let me be honest, never. I'm amazing. You know, everybody's always wanted me. But he was like, when he was young, he played football, and he was really good at football, and people used the fact that he was Jewish against him. He says he is now happy because he is rich and he's a famous wrestler and the other guys are drug addicts. So, yeah. so even in the, so what you're saying is even in the, the, what's supposed to be the heartwarming touching portion of AEW dark MJF still manages to come across like an asshole. Oh yeah. He twisted it so much to be a dick. He was so like, you know, contrite and he was talking serious and you kind of felt for him. And then he did the whole that thing, and I was just like, you know what? He's MJF all the time, 24-7, MJF. Yep, 7-11, always on, that's for sure. Yes, and then the main event of Dark was Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jack Evans in a triple threat match. And, and they have established triple threat matches don't have any rules, so... I guess every trip, triple threat match could be called a Cracker Barrel Clash. I guess you actually need the barrel to do that. You need the Cracker Barrel there if you're going to have the Cracker Cracker Barrel Clash. Yes. Uh, uh, Darby Allen pinned Jack Evans with a beautiful coffin drop to get the win. So they go back to heating. And Darby Allen was super over on Dark. I know you have a busy, busy schedule, sir. But if you you have a time to even watch a few seconds of dark, you know, uh, just go watch the entrance and see how over Darby Allen was. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably because I'll have some free time in the next couple of days. I'll probably watch it that match at least. Yes, yes. Oh, dude, you know what? We fall back tonight, so I get an extra hour of sleep. That's true. Yeah, this is awesome. I, you know what? That just like made my evening right there. I was like, dude, I gotta record this so I can go to bed because I have to work at seven. So, oh, yeah, no, but I get an extra hour of sleep. No biggie. We're good. Yeah. Let's break down some dynamite. Uh, oh, a yeah. W dynamite, October thirtieth, two thousand nineteen, from Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, yes. So uh, we open up with, and I usually, you know go this detailed, but a lot of the stuff kind of happened outside of the ring. So you got to, got to explain all that. So, uh, Cody gets out. They should, we open with Cody getting out of the jet with Dustin and, uh, Tony Schiavone and Tony, uh, Schiavone and them getting to get into a limo as they're going to the contract signing. And it was, it, it was an interesting story. Tony Schiavone was talking about, uh, a uh, story Dusty told where Dusty uh, uh, Dusty told him the star always makes the other guy wait. So Tony Schiavone made, was making Chris Jericho wait because yeah. Cody is the biggest star, which we all know anyway. So <laughs> that is, the, you know, Cody's the biggest star on the planet, so we all know that. But <laughs> what what did you say? I said some of us know that. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Uh, so everyone that watches wrestling know this. So uh, we get that, and then we get the opening match, which I honestly can say I was a little skeptical of. 
I have been very, very skeptical and down on their presentation of Hangman as a star. Pretty Not to the extent that I've been with Britt Baker, but in general, I was like, he just doesn't look like a star. Uh, he had a match with Sammy Guevara, who I am truly thinking is one of the entering MVPs of AEW because he has nothing but amazing matches and lose. But this match, Paige looked like a star, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, the fans were actually behind him. He was drawing emotion. I don't, I mean, I know West Virginia and Virginia are fairly close together, so he might have had some people from uh, Virginia up, uh, or is it down? I have no clue. Or is it east? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I don't know geography either. Yes. I Honestly, I, honestly, if you said Floyd, I will give you $1,000 to tell me how West Virginia and Virginia falls on the map. I would not be getting that $1,000. So, um, <laughs> I believe West Virginia is north of Virginia, though. I, that doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not staring at a map right now, so I'll take your word for it. Yeah, because you think it would be west of Virginia, right? Yeah, you'd think Virginia would be east of West Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would just it would just make sense. But as I pull up a trusty map, the one it is, yeah, it is northwest of Virginia. So like parts of Virginia are a little higher. I know Tamari and Mountain Town, but yeah, so it's weird. So, uh, yeah, so it would be going north to West Virginia for the most part of Virginia. <laughs> so, yes, I was right. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations, Floyd. Hey, dude, dude, that, that C in geography came through. That right there. <laughs> right there. That's, that's, that's C knowledge right there. Uh, so people come up and, yeah, the crowd was loud for him. He came out. Uh, they had a really good match. I actually enjoyed the match quite a bit. I, I, you know, and it was, you know, it got to, they were, you know, of course, establishing the time. And I think it was like five minutes left or whatever before he got the pin with the buckshot lariat. He didn't use the dead eye. He used the buckshot lariat. How do you feel about him using the buckshot as the finisher instead of the dead eye? I don't mind it. I think they need to stick to that. You know, you can't really um, go back and forth on whether or not the buckshot can. Maybe with your, you know, your main event level guys like your, your Jerichos, your Pox, your Moxes, so on and so forth. But like, you can't have it, you know, going week, you know, back and forth week by week. Like, oh, this week the buckshot won a match against Sammy, but next week it, you know, didn't close out a match against Kip Sabian, for example. Yes. But I, I don't mind I don't mind them establishing it as a second finisher. That's not a big deal to me at all. It's a I more actually, a more exciting finisher. You've got it really is, you know, it's just like, you know, I didn't really like JBL for the most part, but the clothesline from hell was amazing. Yes, because it, and it's sudden, but and because he does the flip before it, there's a setup, there's the anticipation for it. So I kind of dig it as a finisher and it worked in this case. Uh, then he gets on the mic and say he's going to do some cowboy shit. He's yes, ready to do some that is over, by the way. That is hella over. Yes, that is super over. Do some cowboy shit at full gear. And he is going to buckshot 
Pac's head off at full gear. And like I said, him on the mic, his passion, his excitement. I saw the star. I, I saw the star that Cody said he was. Now, I don't disagree with Cody much, but that was one thing Cody has always said. And I'm talking about for the last 10 months that yes. I, I didn't buy. I was like, I mean, Heyman's cool, but I don't think he's this big star. For a moment, I saw a glimpse of the greatness. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think of Hangman as an overall star going forward? Okay, so I I wasn't really high on Hangman up until, honestly, up until about um, Fight for the Fallen, where he had his match with Kip Sabian. Until then, I just, I mean, like, yeah, this guy's kind of cool, whatever, but I don't get the hype for the most part. You know, then he had the match with Kip, then he had the match at All Out, then he had the, the rematch with Pac, and he's slowly but surely, he has won me over. And I don't want to say, like, he's top-notch, like, I think he is right where he 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 is right where he should be right now as an upper mid Carter. I'll put it that way. That makes sense. And you know, and I'm not one of those people that needs everything rolled out, but if they do roll out a mid card title at any point in time, that will help the hell out of him. I think sure. I don't think I think he needs to win something before he's in that world title picture. Because even now, it's like, okay, I buy him as a badass. I buy him as winning matches. But I still don't buy him as a world title contender. Yeah, I feel like more, maybe not even like getting a mid-card title per se, but like establish some sort of like King of the Ring equivalent that you could have him win. Yeah. Yeah, he was a bit of a sacrificial lamb for Jericho. You know, you gave him somebody to beat, and you didn't have to give up a huge match. Yeah, I think he was a victim of circumstance more than anything, because if, you know, rumor and speculation are to be believed, Chris Jericho wasn't even supposed to be the first world champion. Really? Who was supposed to be? I mean, I would have suspected Kenny Omega, because I thought, you know, one of the initial issues was they were going to have Pac win, and they were going to have Kenny Omega win at double or nothing. And then they were going to do Kenny and Pack for the vacant title at All Out. And you presume Kenny would have won, but... I mean, again, this is just pure, you know, mostly speculation on my part, but given what I've heard, that's what I suspect would have actually happened. Okay, okay. Well, it's funny, Ed, uh we're going into full gear. We're getting two matches that had to be canceled <laughs> earlier in the yeah. year. It, but it, it worked out, too, though, because, like... You know, all all memeing and joking aside, like, Chris Jericho, you know, it's undisputed, pun absolutely intended. He is their top star, their top draw right now, that's for sure. Yes, he is the second best draw next to Cody. Uh, (laughs) I know this personally. It is great. Uh, Yes. Yeah, because Chris Jericho is the, you know. One of the top two draws in the company, that's for sure. Yes, because... uh, all I know is Chris Jericho doesn't come up from the ground with smoke and fire. That's all I know. It's the star does that, and it's Cody. I'm sorry. Does Cody sing his own theme music? I mean, no. Cody doesn't. Well, I, I'm not going to ruin our group by saying how bad I think uh, Fozzie's music is. So, uh, well, I, I like Fozzie for the most part, but <laughs> I like. 
<laughs> I know a lot of people sing along to it. That doesn't mean I think it's good. Yeah. No, I- <laughs> <laughs> it is the catchiest. It's like, yes, when I was when I was in um when I was at Double or Nothing and that song came on, I'm just looking around and people know every word to that song and I'm like, all right, that's a, that's what we're doing today. Okay, cool. So you know. what you're saying is you're not the biggest fan of Fozzie. Uh, I have never purposely listened to a whole part of the song. <laughs> I, I mean, never purposely. <laughs> I hear a rendition of it every time I'm at uh, the show. And, you yeah. know, then I was like, and everyone singing around me sounded about as good as Chris Jericho does to me. I'll make sure to sing it loud <laughs> enough to me when we're at garland yeah uh, yes i i'm gonna look at you and i'm gonna be like hey uh, you know what i've gotten used to it i'm just like <laughs> like i said people are singing it and they're using they're putting their bodies into it and i'm looking around and i'm like yeah okay, okay this is a thing this is something that is happening i i i i, I it is an experience that I guess people should have. I've had it, you know. It's like, was it on my bucket list? No. Was it on like my second bucket list? No. But I've experienced it. it it's something I have experienced. I don't. I don't get it. But yeah. But I, I like. I love Chris Jericho as a wrestler. I'm just saying. I would not. I would also. I would not buy a Cody Rhodes musical album, or. <laughs> Of uh, the rock or any other yeah. wrestler that I like, you know. I was I gonna say, I heard, I heard Cody try to sing some John Denver on BTE a few weeks ago. Yeah, no. and you know what? I, I look at Cody and I'm like, dude, I'll buy your tie and I'll buy your shoes, you know, and I'll buy anything. But you know what? That would stay in iTunes or wherever. <laughs> it would just stay there, and I'm just like, For sure. and so um, then we got uh, Karashita. She wrestled what we found out later was AEW's newest signee. Her name is Shauna. Is it Shanna? Is it Shanna? Yeah. Shanna. And she signed a three-year deal with AEW. She is from where, sir? You you got the facts. Uh, You you know her real name or her way to... I call her Shanna, but I can't remember where she's from. You know, that's why I, you know, I usually uh, pull up this information and I actually forgot Shanna, professional wrestler. She's Portuguese. I know she is a Portuguese wrestler. Uh, She has wrestled with, um, oh, wow, this is a swing and a miss for you. She's wrestled with Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. February fourteen, February two thousand fourteen, she was booked to appear on a Maximum Impact tour, and she wrestled the Alpha Female, and then lost to Gail Kim in the second night. I I hear you, but that that was Dixie Carter's TNA. I wasn't a huge fan of that era. Yes, she is thirty seven. She definitely carries that well because she looks much younger. And, and then she's wrestled with stardom from 2016 to 2018. So, yeah. So she was the high-speed champion. Uh, no. So, yeah. Okay. She practices boxing, karate, muay thai, 
and Capriera. I think that's how you say it. Uh, yeah, so she is. She was the queen of the ring in Pro Wrestling Eve. I actually know what that is, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. she's yeah she's thirty seven. She's like signed a three year deal, so she will be around. Look forward to seeing Shanna. Yes. So, so I am looking forward to where my confusion set in. She is Portuguese, but she resides in Paris right now. Oh, maybe since she signed a full-time contract, she resides in America. Probably at this point, yeah. yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, she, I don't know, but yeah, now, let me talk about this match. I thought she was really good, and this was like I not this is talking about my initial reaction, not knowing anything about her. I mean, because you know, I thought when they announced her and she came out, I was like, oh, they giving they giving Hikarashita a jobber to beat, yeah. and then That's what I, yeah, and then the match goes fifty fifty, and she's getting her shit in, and and I'm like, and Sheeta's struggling with, it, and I'm like. Why Why are they having her go 50-50 with the jobber? Again, this is all the information I knew at that time. Yes. And then Hikaru Shida wins with uh, a Shining Wizard. Uh, yeah, it says Shining Wizard. And she pins Shanna to get the win. And, of course, JR's putting over, and he's like, I like her. And I'm like, okay, they're giving her way too much pub. So I figured at this point I was thinking something was up. And yeah. like I said, we find out after the show, she signs a three-year deal. I've been a person that is like, they need to influx more talent into their women's division. And, and, you know, they're talking about fresh talent. This is someone that until yesterday I had never heard of. So that definitely marks on the level of fresh. Uh, what did you think of the match? What do you think of Shanna? Shanna really impressed me, and again, I just going off of not having any prior knowledge of her before the match, I just figured, okay, they're getting Hikaru on TV for the first time. That's cool. I really like Hikaru Shida um, from what I've seen of her. And then, like you said, the match goes how it goes. They they both get their shit in. And honestly, I th- I was really impressed. Like I said, I was really impressed by Hikaru again. And I was really impressed by Shanna. You know, these are two very good parts of their women's division. That's for sure. And I'm going to go out, maybe I'm going out on a limb, I don't know, but given how everything shook out on that card, for me, that was the match of the night, personally. Okay, okay, I could see that, I could definitely see that. I had a different match, of course. Uh, we'll, but... we'll get into why later, but, but yeah, yeah. you know, but yeah. yeah. Then we got a Brandy, an awesome Kong video that showed Brandy going through some kind of metamorphosis that looks like it was inspired by Awesome Kong, but I really couldn't tell what I watched. Yeah, it felt it it's weird. It honestly like it felt like it didn't belong on this show that for the most part is grounded in realism. Um it, it felt like something honestly that you would see on the hypothetical season five of Lucha Underground. Yes. And it looks like, I was like, so I wonder if her, she's going to come out and be Brandy Kong? I don't know. I don't know. I was just like, I I am one of those people that I have, I will never tell anyone they can't do anything. I mean, I truly can. And I love Brandy. She, every time I meet her, she is nice. She is amazing. I 
am not the biggest proponent of her entering ability. She is she has improved a lot. And I, I and I mean that's the positive that I can say she has improved a lot from when I saw her in Impact and yes. and I thought she just you know I'm like this is not for you. That would have been something that I said at that time is like man you're you're great ring announcer in ballet, but this doesn't seem to be for you. She has gotten exponentially better since then. But when I see her work, I still see uh, hesitation and lack of fluidity that I'm used to seeing in other women's wrestlers. I don't know if you see the same thing. Well, I've never been the, the biggest fan of Brandy myself either. Um, yeah, like you said, I don't know. Sometimes I it feels like she comes across like she's afraid to get hit, you know? See, and that's, to me, it's all, to me, I've found... That's weird because I found the opposite. Sometimes I feel like she's afraid to hit. Like when she hits people, it looks not, you know, not real. Like fake. Like she's throwing her punches to the 100. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, that's what I was like. I even said, I felt like she's not very stiff when she works. (laughs) So like, I was like, I was like, nothing that she does to me at times looks like it hurts. So, but like I said, she's been working with QT Marshall. I haven't seen her work in a singles match since the alley match, which I thought she was fine in the alley match. Now, I want to be clear. Fine is exponential improvement compared to what I thought previously. Yeah. If she, if she can stick with fine, I'm okay with that. Because fine means... You didn't just like destroy my, you know, you know, uh, you know, suspension of disbelief. Like you were fine, you know. What happened happened. So I would like to see where they're going in because I think she is. I think she is one of the best actors as far as wrestlers or performers on the show because I think she plays characters and she emotes really, really well. My only problem with Brandy is when she's in the ring with someone that really can't carry her to a great match. Now, I'm not saying I I always leave room for improvement. I always leave room for my mind to change. It has done that with Britt Baker and Hangman, but she's going to have to change my mind. So that's how I see it. You know, and as long as if she gets to wrestling and winning, all she's going to hear is nepotism. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't care. Not, yeah, she's gonna hear that for sure. Yeah, that's all she's gonna hear, and it's just, and it sucks because I don't, you know, I don't. I want everyone to have the same chance, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talented wrestlers on this roster. I don't like. I said maybe they do with her what they did with like different people in Impact, like Rosemary and. Uh, you know, give them or, or uh, what's her name, Madison Rain, where they give them angles that don't have to do with the world title. Yeah. So, so you know, that gives them chance to you know they can shine, but they're not taking the spotlight from the world champion. I I've always said, and this is the one of the uh, 
this is one of those things I always give you shit about Impact, but it's just me giving you shit. They're the best w- booked women's division in in wrestling, and it's not even close. Yeah, I mean, as far as like what you know, professional wrestling in this country that's amongst co-ed federations, yeah, for sure. And this is just me removing all biases. They are the best utilized women's division yeah. in North America. Yeah, I was watching Impact pretty regularly around June, and they had three different storylines featuring women. So, you know, most companies, if it's not for the title, it doesn't really matter. They had three separate women's programs going on. Yeah. And I just thought that was really impressive. Yeah, and before, like, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but, like, and this has been a point of contention for us, you know, a point of division rather. Uh, but Tessa Blanchard's about to go into the world title scene. That is going to. That seems to be happening. That is the yeah. thing that is happening. Some people like it more than others, but yes, it is mm-hmm. happening. And it's just further a further indication of how Impact views and utilizes their women. But sorry, on with on with the show, sir. Yes, because I ain't getting canceled today, sir. Maybe next time. <laughs> All right, so the Rock and Roll Express come out with, uh, I believe it was Tony Schiavone, to do an interview. They're talking about crowning, uh, presenting the world titles. Santana Ortiz, formerly known as LAX, uh, yes. now now known as Proud and Powerful, but they're not really called that on the show right now. They come they out. Are, but they are on the graphics, though. Yeah. So uh, they come out and attack the Rock and Roll Express and put them through put them through this awning. I don't know if it was a table or whatever, but it looked like they like slammed them into hell. And I think Ricky Ricky Morton took the big bump on that one. And uh, then the Young Bucks come out and they're like, "What's your problem?" As power, proud and powerful uh, walks away. What did you think about this segment? Did you did you love it? Did you love that heat? Okay, in a vacuum, I like this segment, but I want to pose a question to you. Do you feel like the inner circle, and more specifically, the former LAX, now Proud and Powerful, got were overutilized on this show? Do you, do you feel like that? Because I kind of feel like that, because this wasn't the only Heat segment that LAX got on the show. See, I don't feel like they were over uh, 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 overutilized. The reason being... Is because, unlike me and you, who uh, LAX, Santana Ortiz, one of my favorite tag teams. And we've seen them a lot, right? Yeah. To the television. They were one of my, like, favorite, you know, shining stars in Impact in the past year and a half. To the new television audience, they don't know why they should respect them. This show established why they should respect them. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah, it's just like I said, it's it's a whole new audience of people that was like, okay, so I've seen the Lucha Bros and they kick ass, and I've seen the Young Bucks and kick ass. Well, there's this team with Jericho, Jericho's lackeys, for back of lack of a better word. Why do I care about them? And they kind of showed you this week. They, you know, they got the squash match the week before and it's like they're slowly building them up as dangerous and of course you have to build them up because they are going against 
probably the most popular tag team in AEW at full gear. And you're like, so why can why why do I think the Young Bucks aren't just gonna super kick these guys to hell? That's what they were showing this week. These dudes are dirty, they're ruthless, they're street fighters, they'll come from you from anywhere. And I think, like I said, with the audience, it was established. Yes. Yeah, so that's what they had. No, not to this time or overutilized. I wouldn't want to see them on this many second segments going forward, but I see what they're trying to do, trying to make, you know, basically old school trying to sell a pay-per-view. This is why you should care about this match. Then, yeah. yeah. What'd you Sorry, say? Go- did you have anything to say? I'm, no, I was just concurring with what you said. Okay. So then, so we've kept hearing all night that Rick and Morty would be making an appearance on the show. Are you a fan of the show, Rick and Morty, sir? Okay. I love the show in the first two seasons. I like the third season. I wasn't a huge fan, but I like the third season. And honestly, and a lot of people think, oh, the ring is sacred. It's this, it's that, it's the other. Bottom line is we're talking about fake wrestling. So I'm not, you know, going to delve into whether or not a ring is sacred. I really liked the turnbuckles and the turnbuckle pads that they used, you know, to cross over with Rick and Morty. I thought aesthetically those were very pleasing. Yeah, you know, uh, Cartoon Network is owned by... You know, parent company of TNT. You know, mm-hmm. we got to keep it all together. Rick and Morty, like AEW, has a very hardcore, you know, niche fan base. You know they, what I mean? They, yeah, it's small but loyal. Yes. For sure. Yeah, it's like they're going to watch every episode of Rick and Morty. So, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they through their metrics, they found some crossover there. And, uh, yeah, so this was cool. I like the show. I think it's funny. I watch it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The best way I can explain it is there's a show called Chicago PD, right? Okay. I don't watch Chicago PD season to season. But if, like, an episode here and there, I'll just turn it on because it's such an episodic show that you can just watch it and it's like, Bad guy does something, they find the bad guy by the end of the show, so you don't really have to know a bunch of shit going into it. I feel that about Rick and Morty's cartoons. I watched first season, first three seasons, all the first two seasons all the way through, and but in the end, I just kind of watch an episode here and there because you know Rick usually, you know, the thing is Rick usually does something to fuck up the world, or someone in the family does something to fuck up the world. Rick or someone has to fix it by the end of the show. So you don't really need to know what's going on going into the show and what's going on next. So I definitely watch Rick and Morty when I don't have anything else to do. Yeah, that's, that's real. Oh, you kind of sure. I I mean, again, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Um, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. That's good. Um, I mean, other than, you know, it is mostly episodic. You know, at the end of the seasons, they might throw on, like, a, a cliffhanger that they resolve within, like, the first five minutes of the season premiere of the next season. But, yeah, other than that, it's mostly episodic. Yeah, and that's what I enjoy about it because I can jump in and out, and it's not that big a deal. You, yeah. You, you, yeah, so. 
what what did you think of again just you know specifically before we talk about the actual you know the tag match that occurred what did you think of the turnbuckle pads what did you think of the turnbuckles themselves you I, have I, an opinion on that? I thought that was really cool i i mean from the moment i saw it i just thought that it was uh definitely a different take on things you you presenting wrestling and you wanted to i i i've been big on this with any other company uh when you're presenting wrestling you don't you want it to look uniform to a point but make me interested make some certain things special you know like in Pittsburgh they did the terrible towel thing, you know, and it was very Pittsburgh themed. And this is the one it was like, oh, Ricky Morty is Halloween. They're going to be on the show. So, you know, having your ring set up kind of with uh, Ricky Morty stuff was kind of cool because it kind of gave it a Holly- Halloween feel. It made the show feel special. Yeah, yeah, because, again, most of the show they didn't really – worry about a Halloween theme other than another segment later on. But yeah, like you said, it made it feel a little different. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like I'm looking at NXT. They didn't mention Halloween. They didn't say anything about Halloween. It was just, it was just a, it was a NXT show. It was a great show. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here to shit on NXT because I actually love their product. Uh, it's just, but you know, it being Halloween, a major kind of a major holiday in America and yeah. your shows the day before it, you think you would, you know, play to that a little bit. It's the funniest thing, and I hope another Fed will jump on this. But I know, like, the and this unrelated, the day after, on the actual day of Halloween, NXT did a Florida house show. And they actually had an intergender battle royal where everyone was in some sort of costume. Yes, I, I, I did see pictures of that. And it I was Triple H and so on. Yes, yes. I agree it was Triple H. I thought that was so cool. Uh, but when if house shows, like let's say the WWE main house shows and XC house shows were more fun like that, I would go to more house shows, personally. I hear you. I hear you. Yes, because it's just like, house shows, I understand nothing's going to happen. I understand no titles are going to change hands or anything like that unless some kind of emergency happens, but yeah. you have to figure out a different way to entertain me. And yeah. like, like that NXT show, after I saw it, I was so mad that I couldn't go to it. Yeah. And, and I never feel that way about house shows. They're just, yeah. they're just house shows. <laughs> the funniest thing, too, like the costumes were cool and everything. Like Tegan Knox went as Lady Kane, which was nice. Um, Shayna Baszler was Darth Baszler, and she actually force choked someone to the ring rope, which led to their elimination, which I thought was cool. Yes. Yes. But, yeah. If you have time, if you're listening and you have time and you haven't seen this, yes, go to like the WWE Twitter, YouTube, and check it out. It was very entertaining especially when Shayna was just going around she was going around force moving people and it was just I just thought it was so cool and of course it's just like yeah I don't want to see that every show but man yeah. it's so special you know when you get to see it yeah for sure yeah so like I said I I, I, I am a guy that put over I will put over NXT all day yeah, I'll put over good wrestling no matter what. Yeah, yeah, because I don't, I don't think it's their fault they got moved to USA. <laughs> like, 
They just did what the boss said, and who would turn down being on national TV every week? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so then we actually had the match. Uh, six, right? Yeah, six-man tag. It was Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. They need to come up with something for their group name if they're going to be around like this forever. And then it was QT Marshall, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. If I understand it correctly, Alex Reynolds and John Silver trained at QT Marshall's school, like the Power Pro or whatever it's called. If I if yeah. that is wrong, uh, it was just something I saw on Twitter. And I can't even cite the source. I just kind of you know scrolling through and read that, so that might be hundred percent wrong. I want to throw that out there. It was just I thought it was cool if that's what they actually did. Uh, I did, who was dressed as who? I did not write it down. Okay, um, Chucky e. T and Orange Cassidy were both dressed as Rick, and Trent Beretta was dressed as Morty. Okay, and his hair kept coming off. Yeah, Green. yeah. That okay. I wanted to get to that because. I didn't mind this six man for the most part. I thought it went a little long for what they were just trying to do, which is just some crossover. Um, and yeah, it kind of took me out of it when they would like, when they would stop, there was one particular spot. They straight up just basically hit pause. So Trent Beretta could get his wig back on his head. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had the finisher and was fixing, putting the wig on his head while he was fixing, uh, while he was getting the finisher. I was just like, I would have liked this to just be like a two-minute squash match, personally, yeah. for what what they were trying to do. Because, of course, Rick and Morty, since they're cartoons, can't actually be in attendance. Maybe have them, you know, I, I, you know, when they were coming down to the ring, they were like saying, Morty was like saying, be careful, guys. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. watch your head. Yeah, and, yeah. And it was, like I said, it was fun. It was different. You know, again, not something I want to see all the time, but perfect in the spot that it was. It was a little in the middle of the show to keep everything going, and it led into, I guess, what you would call kind of the main segment of the show, the Cody Jericho contract signing. Oh, my God, I love this. Uh, yes, so it, I will tell you. I love it. They threw there me off. There was a preamble that I did not like, but the contract signing itself I thought was amazing. What was the preamble that you did not like, sir? Let me hear this. Tony, Shivani, and Cody in the limo, which felt like it went on forever so Tony could tell a story about Dusty Rhodes' uh, member. Yes. Big, uh, big thing about this is... That is a blind spot for me because anytime Cody's on my screen is valuable time and <laughs> it never feels like it's long enough. So, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed the limo ride. And, but that is my completely biased opinion. Completely yeah. biased opinion. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's Tony Schiavone telling a story about his dad's unit. Completely biased opinion. Like I said, I'm wrong. I am. I, I I see the world through Cody colored glasses. So we all yeah. have our blind. That's yeah. Okay, so man. yeah. So he could put on like one day he could do a horrible promo or put on a stinker of a match. I will tell you, I will be the last person to know. 
the match, but like we got 15 minutes of Cody. What are you complaining about? Yes, you're welcome. You know, Cody's <laughs> on your. But they uh get Cody comes out and they have this table set up and it's funny because I I honestly. I enjoy, you know enjoyed the segment, but I, I was like, if you're an AEW hater or someone that's in the middle that likes to point out problems with both the show, the whole contract signing thing is kind of a contradiction to what you know, kind of what's been presented. Because in the Road Toast shows, they talked about how how contract signings were stupid. That yeah. the, that whole Road to show was like Cody's like, why the hell are why the hell am I coming to this? This yeah. is stupid. And then the lady was like, yeah. And the it's lady. Like, we're, we're used to people just faxing us yeah. documents. Yes. So I do know the contract signing is a staple of wrestling uh, brought on, you know, WWE really kind of popularized it or used it a lot. But it's like you said it was stupid and then you did one. So what you're saying is they could have, instead of doing a segment for it, they could have done essentially the same segment, get rid of the table, maybe not even get rid of the table, get rid of the paper they signed, and just call it Chris Jericho and Cody go face-to-face. Yes, yes, right? yes, because they just talked about how dumb the contract signing is. And then they get out, and you know Chris Jericho does a great job of putting over how important this match is to the history of AEW and how he wasn't going to start a fight or attack Cody. And, you know, Cody, you know, signed this paper, and he was always, like a smart face, which we don't get those a lot, he was all, he was always alert as Chris Jericho could attack. Yes, yeah, so it was very interesting with uh, Cody, just like, like no one was out there with him. They both left their crews back, and they're, they have this face-off, and Cody literally says something to him and I couldn't I honestly don't read lips so you know it has to be pretty obvious so I had no idea what he was saying he could have been saying man let's go to Chili's or he could have said I'm gonna mess you up but I don't know what it was because I don't read lips well did you did you do you read lips sir I do not read lips if I because again you know with the the landscape with AEW coming in Everything has changed. There's so much wrestling programming. Certain details will get lost through the cracks. So you saying that, yeah, Cody said something to him, you know, very close up, you know, when they were shaking hands and everything, that completely slipped my mind in just three days because there's so much extra wrestling now. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Uh, AEW, I generally, the great thing is I do take advantage of the second showing. I usually watch AEW and then I watch it again on the West Coast feed. So, um, so I see this part and Chris Jericho says, "You shouldn't be worried about me. You should be like worried about your family or something along those lines." And you get the camera in the back, and Sammy Guevara is watching Jake Hager beat the shit out of Dustin Rhodes. I think it's Hager, but yeah. Uh, my, uh, I'm going to tell you the late champion, late champion calls him Hagar. And, well, and since he is the champion of AEW and as much like him, he can be wrong from time to time. He, he is the champ. He is the champion of AEW and I have to 
respect everything that he says. And since I'm watching an AEW show, which he is the champion of, the correct pronunciation, until I am told <laughs> different by Chris Jericho, is Hagar. Sorry. Hagar. We will have to agree to disagree. But before I got you off subject there, one thing I really did love about this beatdown is that, and, you know, Hager had his uh, had his uh, Bellator fight five days prior, which ended in a no contest when he uh, errantly uh, needs someone in the groin. Yes. And I like, I like how they worked that into the beatdown. Because there was only two acceptable results for Jack Hagar to keep his uh to keep his badass persona. If he had walked in with that dude and that dude knocked him out in three seconds. That's a problem. That's a problem. But two acceptable yeah. results. One, beating the shit out of the guy. Two, ending in a very controversial and dirty way. Because he's a bad guy, so that way they could use it. Two things happened. He beat the shit out of God, and then he need him in the dick. So it couldn't have been a perfect, more perfect result for Jack Hager. <laughs> so dude was like bleeding in a minute and a half. He was already bleeding. <laughs> he's like, he's strangely like, enough, it did work out. That's for sure. Yeah, it's like so he's beating Dustin Rhodes. Doesn't even need to do it, and just knees him in the dick for no reason. Like whatever. <laughs> it's just like. Just, just you just know, like pain. yeah, it's continuity. I'm just gonna, I'm yeah. just gonna, I'm gonna just knee you in the balls. So there you go. I'm a, I'm a fan of jokes myself. I hope someone on commentary the next time he does that calls that the Hager effect. Yes, yes. Oh <laughs> my God, the Hager effect. That is, that's the perfect name for it. Yes. yes. So yeah, he, uh, he, he. he Hit him right in the ding ding. That's all I like to say. And then he took his took his arm and slammed his arm in the door. Yes. So uh so Yeah, nothing got uh messed up, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, he he got messed up and he was taken to a hospital and they actually named the hospital. I did not remember it because a local medical facility. It was not a local. They actually named the hospital, and they said they never used to name the hospital because they were afraid of all the phone calls. Well, yeah. you know, people do know wrestling is a work now, so I'm hoping people weren't yeah. actually calling the hospital. God, is Dustin okay? Yes, if you're one of the people that uh, that called the hospital, if you happen to be listening to the show and you called the hospital, stop. Yeah, Just no. That means either a you're a troll, or, or, which okay, like I can relate, or b how did you figure out how to download this podcast? Yes, yes, because I was just like, yeah, I like you are you're the problem. You're the reason people say you know it's fake, right? You know, <laughs> I yeah. just saying. No, like uh, yeah, <laughs> I was just saying you're the reason that happens to me. <laughs> so, um, so I look at that, and uh, so we have that, and Cody comes out and looks after Dustin, gets him out. So, uh, Chris Jericho uh, finishes on top, kind of with the advantage over Cody yet again. Now, yep. 
like going into the future, looking at looking in the next week just a little bit. We're not the full review. If Cody, are they going to stick with normal wrestling tropes? Like, is on Wednesday? Is Cody going to get advantage of Jericho? And you know, You're saying the trope of whoever gets the upper hand last before the show loses at the pay per view. Yes. I don't know. It's really hard to say. I'm hoping they because, don't stick to that trip. Because seemingly, and again, this was a different, a different, a slightly different case because they didn't have weekly TV at the time. But you remember the last interaction that Jericho and Hangman had. Hangman got the upper hand. Yeah. And then Hangman lost. So so far, although it's under different circumstances, so far they have stuck to that. Whether or not they do, I'm not sure. Again, I'm going in very open-minded and, mo- for the most part, not trying to, um, even though we do a, a prediction contest on every AEW show, <laughs> trying not to outthink the booker, so to speak. Yes. Uh, what I would like to see, if I'm just fantasy booking, I would like to see Cody take out one of Chris Jericho's guys. It would have to be Sammy Guevara, but yeah. Yeah, because I have this big thing. When I was growing up, heels were way better than faces. Yeah. It's like you would the heel would take out the face's best friend, and then the face would be like, well, I guess I just got to go into the match two-on-one. I hear you. <laughs> Attitude era. <laughs> 90% of baby faces, they had like a strict moral code that unless you were Hulk Hogan, you couldn't break. Yes. So I was like, I don't, I don't, I, I want this to be presented differently. So I don't know what that means or what I, like I said, I mean, I kind of like know what I want to see, but it just seems that if this attack on his brother goes unanswered, kind of makes Cody look like a bitch. Yeah, yeah, to an extent, I would think, <laughs> specifically, I would have Cody, since Sammy, you know, is very mobile, have him take out a leg, yes. personally. Yes, yes, yes. It's like, yeah, so. And it was, it was, what was kind of cool is, you saw Sammy and Hager back there, but it, it, it was not like... They it was a two on one jumping. It was like Sammy didn't do anything. Yeah, we just sent our big UFC fighter to mess up your brother. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, it was like. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Sammy was wearing a shirt. He was not because he is. He is a what is it? A, a god? A Mexican? He is god. a Spanish god. He's a Spanish god. So no shirts. He's a heartthrob. Shirts aren't. Yeah. Heartthrobs don't wear shirts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I like how yeah, night like most of the segments he's been in, he does not wear a shirt. Of course not. Of course he's not. like if you ever saw the Twilight movies, he's basically Taylor Lautner. Yes, yes. Sans enhancements. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, no, no. Uh, then uh, the next match because we still have what two more matches, three more yes. segments. We had the elite, uh, the elite, which was Kenny Omega and uh, the Young Bucks. So they come out in costume. Kenny and uh, Matt and Nick come out in their Ryu and Ken costumes after yeah. 
after Kenny Omega comes out as a with a special video segment where it kind of makes fun of uh, Kota Ibushi yeah. and New Japan. Yes. And then he comes out as a character from this game called Undertale. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know much about Undertale, but yeah, because I didn't know, like, and I asked my buddy who's into nerd culture, shout out Colt, um, like, hey, who is Kenny dressed as? And he wouldn't give me an answer because he didn't know. Yes, so he was, uh, I forgot, I think it was San is what the character was called. That sounds right, yeah, okay. that sounds right. Yeah, from the sh- uh, from the game Undertale. I am not a, a gamer at all. You know, I play sports games. I was going to say, that's the problem with me. Like, I play Red Dead Redemption. I'm staring at that right now. And sports games. And that's it. So, he came out this character from Undertale. This was a point of contention on the internet. You know, AEW haters and people <laughs> that are in the middle. There are a Some- group of middle saying... They should have explained who the character was. We were looking forward to Kenny Omega, and he comes out in this thing that I've never heard of. But, you know, he did, you know, take off the head and was Kenny Omega. I don't really understand that. I'm yeah. like, it's like they've never seen a costume that they didn't know what it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, if, and again, I like to pick nits here and there, but even I wasn't nitpicking this. Is like, oh, it's a costume. I don't recognize, which would be about 60% of popular costumes now. Yeah. So I didn't really think much of it myself. Yes. So I mean, I'm not going to, like I said, I get it. I do think it's a valid, I give I give them a valid, like if you're saying people that have never seen this show won't know what he is, that is very much correct. But if you listen to Cody, They've always said they're going to make their show for their hardcore audience. And hopefully other people become part of said hardcore audience. So that being said, they've made it clear that they're not specializing the product to someone that has never seen it before. It'd be too hard to catch everyone up. So they're doing their thing. They're wrestling uh, Jack Evans. No, the Hybrid 2. Kip Sabian and the Hybrid 2. And, yeah. Or H2, as the announcers were calling them, uh, which I like that way better than Hybrid 2. I do too, yeah. And yeah, when they called him H2. Kip Sabian actually kicked a lot of ass in this match. Uh, I have never, I and I, I stated this before, so uh, forgive me for repeating myself. I'm hoping I get some new listeners every now and then. I generally loathe six-man tag matches. Don't like them. Multi-man matches in general, especially multi-man tags, annoy me. But AEW has found a way, and I'm guessing this is the indie style of six-man matches. They have found a way to keep me entertained in a six-man match. And like I like that Kip Sabian was like, they asked him before the match, why are you tagging with the hybrid too? Y'all have nothing in common. He's like, I haven't been, I haven't been booked on TV. I won the first singles match in AEW history, and I haven't been booked on TV. I'm the last person to be booked on TV. He's like, so to be, uh, to beat the elite, you become the elite. 
So he tagged up with them to basically beat the elite so he could get booked on TV more. Which, you know what? Yeah. That That is a very realistic <laughs> reason to want to fight someone, especially in the wrestling world. So they have their match. I thought Kip Sabian was really good. Jack Evans pretty much steals the show in any match that he's in. He He's going to do some weird freaking flip that you've never seen before or or you haven't seen in a long time. That dude is freakishly athletic. Uh, so I was very happy with this match. What did you think of this match? The match was, and again, this is again just goes to show like too much, way too much content in wrestling in general. From what I remember of the match, it was very, very entertaining. Yeah, it, it was, did. Yeah, it was a ton of hot spots. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like, oh, Caleb doesn't remember what happened, but, but yeah, there was there was a lot going on in a very short amount of time. That's for sure. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I, I don't even blame you for that. It was just, I mean, they seriously. The reason I like their matches is they pack so much in to a six man match. In the end, <laughs> Kenny Omega. Hits uh awesome a uh, V trigger and then he gives the one wing angel to Jack Evans to get the pin, the elite win. Yeah. I, I would have liked to see Matt and Nick in a different costume than Ken and Ryu, but hey. Yeah. I, part of me thinks maybe they didn't really plan to actually wear a costume. And then maybe Kenny was like, Hey, like if you have anything laying around, like bring your costume. Yeah, and they're like, hey, we got this last one where we just did. Yeah, we still, got, we still got Ken and Ryu. Let's wear that, yeah. Yes, and then... And uh, really, this is just a detail. I really like that Excalibur re- refers to Kenny's finisher as the one-winged angel. Like, I've always found that to be kind of, like, it entertains me for some reason. Oh. It's kind of weird. I was like, what? <laughs> he, he doesn't say one-winged. He says one-winged. I guess that's a different pronunciation of it. Yeah. Uh, it's tomato, tomato, but yeah. Yeah, I just, it just makes me want to say, shut up, Excalibur. <laughs> to, for all of you don't know, that's his Twitter name. No, it's not, it's oh. It's a joke. See, yeah, that's <laughs> my head, Floyd. <laughs> He's at shut up, Excalibur. <laughs> oh, gee. Yes, no, uh. So Moxley, uh, uh, oh, we get the librarian. No, no, no. In- yeah, you're skipping yeah. something. What did I skip? You skipped that after the match, the Young Bucks go, like, they're going oh. up the ramp. They see- yeah, go ahead. No, go for it. You tell it. Okay, okay. they see a couple fans in Rick and Morty masks, like, beckoning them over, maybe for a handshake or whatever. And they do that, and then all of a sudden these fans, they get the better of the Young Bucks. They take off their masks, and it's the real Rick and Morty. Wait, no, I mean it's uh, LAX, or pardon me, it's Ortiz and Santana. Yep, and they beat the shit out of the Young Bucks. They did, they did, and uh, until Kenny ran them off, and yeah, that that was that, man. Yes, Kenny always the Bucks always get beat up when they're around Kenny. Just saying. Now, so uh, Kenny Omega doesn't have the Bucks back. I'm calling it out right now. Um, then we get the librarian in the ring and I'm like, what the hell is this character yeah, doing in the ring? Th- this is a dark character. 
You should not see him on regular TV. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when Steven Richards showed up on Raw and not Heat. Yeah, so he's like, uh, he's cutting down the sports teams of, uh, I guess, I think he's, what is he cutting down in West Virginia? He's saying they can't read or something. Then you see Moxley coming from the back. Moxley comes in, just drops him with the paradigm shift. He didn't really lift him, so it's just, you know, paradigm shift, whatever. He drops him with the DDT. He gets on the mic, and he says that he is unsanctioned. They're trying to put him in a box. He's cutting a promo on effectively Tony Khan, but since Tony Khan is not an on-screen character, he called it management and TNT. So -hmm. that's what they're using instead of Tony Khan. And that is, and we we skipped over. That was actually at the beginning of the show. After Mox's time limit draw, he confronted Tony Khan, uh, specifically about the the draw and the unsanctioned match. And he he says like he thinks they're trying to rob him. They're not. They don't want him as their guy. And he said like he basically said like I'm used to that, but I hate it. Yes, he had been pairing, pairing for months for Kenny Omega. And so Tony Khan lets him know that the Omega Moxley match is going to be unsanctioned and it's not going to count. Now, I will ask before we get into his promo, what did you think about that news that the match wasn't going to count? Um. Well, I didn't even think of it as like, oh, the match doesn't count. So much as like, hey, they're going to do hardcore shit, which is what I suspect is going to happen now that the match is unsanctioned. But I, I like that it's a good, okay, it seems like a cop out to some because, hey, now they can beat Kenny and now it doesn't matter. Like in the if they want to book Kenny in a title match again, like, oh, he had this loss to Mox that for all intents and purposes and the creative didn't happen. But, you know, whether or not, you know, it counts, quote unquote, it still actually happens. So it's something to build on. So in that regard, actually, I really like that. I really do. I personally think it's a cop out and I don't say much against my uh, all elite overlords. I (laughs) it should count. It's like. You you gave you had a schedule with this match, and this is just me looking at it as a fan, not knowing what's going forward. Uh, you had this match was promised to us a double or nothing, unforeseen. Uh, was it double or nothing? Not double or nothing. Um, all out, unforeseen yeah. circumstances. He wasn't able to make the match. The match at all out wasn't unsanctioned. It was supposed to count. So if you're giving us this match back that we missed it all out, shouldn't it count? I hear you, but now, like, these guys have had more than one interaction. Mox put him through a glass coffee table. Kenny wanted to go to war with him with a barbed wire-wrapped broom. Okay, so they've, in the kayfabe, they've established, like, they're going to try to kill each other. So even and you got to see it from the other character's perspective. And yeah, again, for some, it may be a cop out. But from like Tony Khan's perspective, hey, this could be a liability thing. If these guys want to have this match, we cannot have it on our conscience or making us liable 
Okay. I mean, that is a perfectly reasonable way to look at it. I'm still in calling cop out. Like I said, and I understand. I'm not. Telling I was you supposed you're... to get a regular match in Chicago, yeah. and I was looking forward to my regular match in Chicago. And now you're going to give me, and and of course it does make sense because you know Moxley had the match with, um, Moxley had the match with Janela, Omega had mm-hmm. the match with Janela. You're showing this, but it has to count. It has to mean something going forward. It could unsanctioned, blah blah blah. That's fine, but it has to mean something going forward. I I truly thought it should have been like a number one contenders match, or at least okay, Omega versus Moxley face the winner of Hangman versus a Pac or something like that to decide who's going to meet the next challenger. I don't know what they're going to do going forward after this. But it just seems like saying it doesn't count effectively makes almost a match. It makes it almost an exhibition, not a storyline match. I that's a valid criticism, but I just again I'm just looking at it as like this is a a character arc they can build that John Moxley, even if these matches quote unquote don't count, like he's still this badass. And he's going to mess these people up when they get in the ring with him. That's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I can see that side of it. He very much has a Stone Cold Sandman kind of vibe to him right now. Yeah. And to see where, you know, it's it's a wait and see moment. Let's see where that goes. Yeah. And, I mean, like, he obviously, like, he came in as a heel. You know, and some people say, oh, well, heels and faces don't really exist in AEW, some people might say. But... There's clear, like, there are lines for sure. And Mox, obviously, Mox came in as, like, a quote-unquote heel. And he is slowly, over time, he has become a face. I think it started with the MRSA that took him out of uh, All Out. And Kenny cutting his promo, calling Mox irresponsible. Like, they've slowly started to build towards where Mox is just going to be, like, he's just going to be a badass. That's him. Like him, hate him, whatever. This is John Moxley. Yep, definitely. Uh definitely. And yeah, Moxley basically says he's not responsible for what he does to Kenny Omega. Uh oh, yeah, I did like that. I like that he said the blood is on your hands, Tony. The, the blood is on your hands, Tony. So it is going to be a violent match and we're gonna get some blood. We, yeah. We need some color. If we don't get any color in this match, I'm gonna be upset. Uh I'm gonna I need I need a crimson mask. As I was going to ask, has anyone actually bled on Dynamite? No, no. He said there wasn't going to be blood on TV. Okay, but yeah, they'll go to pay-per-view for that sort of thing. Exactly. That's what he said. Yep. Yeah. So well, TNA thing, yeah. Yeah, they're going to get some blood? They're going to get some blood and guts. We're going to get some blood <laughs> and guts. And, yeah, on the blood yeah. show. <laughs> yes. I'm uh, just kidding. I love the show. It wouldn't be here. And the main event, which was, I was so happy this was the main event because I feel, whether it's the women's title, it's tag team title, or the world title, if a title is on the show, it is not, it should be the main event. If there's like, if the tag team title's on the show and there's no world title match, it should be the main event. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I, I was so afraid it was going to be the first match on the show. Uh, yeah, I I kind of figured as the show went on, 
again, I actually went in, managed to go in, because I work Wednesday nights, but I managed to go in, spoiler-free for the most part, and as the show was going on, I slowly figured out, like, holy crap, they're main eventing, which is cool and all, and this is where my criticism of the the, uh, limo segment comes back around. And specifically, like the again, I thought you know too much inner or too much LAX. This match felt rushed, in my opinion. I liked, you know, I, I liked it for the most part, but it felt very rushed. It felt like, especially towards the finish, they were hurrying so they could get, you know, get the pinfall, get the title raising, and everything on TV. That's my opinion, though. What what did you think, Floyd? I I thought it was in line with what their tag matches have been, which are sprints. Okay. So I feel like every tag match they've had has been 15 minutes or less, and it's just them going as hard as possible, as you know, as fast as possible. That's honestly what I like about the tag team division. So that's what I thought it was. I thought we got some good selling in the match. Uh, from Kazarian and you know uh, Kazarian and Sky, I thought we and you know uh, Ray Phoenix again did something I've never seen before in the ring. He was walking the ropes, uh, and I forgot which one it was, but one of them tried to trip. I think it was Scorpio Sky tried to knock his legs under him. He then bounced down to the second rope, bounced back up to the first rope, and then did a move on Frankie Kazarian, and I'm like, again, it just, again, I found out this is not as, uh, is not a controversial opinion as I thought it might have been. Ray Phoenix might be the best wrestler in the world. Just Yeah, he's up there for sure. I've, yeah. I've had affinity for Ray Phoenix ever since I first saw him on Lucha Underground. Whether it's a minor change or a major thing, Every time he wrestles, he does a spot I've never seen. Yeah. Every time he wrestles, he does one. And it's like, you know you're going to get to certain stuff, but he just does something unique. And I thought this match was killer. I thought uh, it was all about the Lucha Bros. I, you know, they dominated like, what, 80% of this match. Yeah. So yeah. They, they were going for their finisher, uh, where Scorpio, I mean, uh, what, Phoenix had just hit the... Uh, Destroyer on uh, Kazarian, and yeah. they look like they're about to go up for uh, go up for the uh, Sierra Meadow, and mm-hmm. Scorpio Sky rolled up Pentagon, right? Yes, yeah. And Scorpio Sky, you hit one, you hit two, and I literally thought he was going to kick out, and you hit three. S C U, the <laughs> new AEW. First AEW Tag Team Champions, I would like to say I filled out a bracket for this tournament and was completely wrong. But after the first round, after the first round, uh, they were doing sales at StarCast. And I was like, I I was like, you know, I usually spin pretty recklessly, but I, I was like, you know. There's SCU or Lucha Bros. And I was like, I'm just going to pick one of them. And hopefully the person I pick wins the title. I picked SCU. <laughs> so I yeah. have a meet and greet with SCU. And I get to hold the belts. <laughs> that's something, man. I That's always been my favorite part of meet and greets and pictures is holding a belt. Like, 
I met the Young Bucks, the first Oklahoma. I held one of the junior tag belts. Obviously, I weigh a little too much to be in that division, but still I got to hold the belt. Um, you know what's say it, it, what's funny? Me and Caleb are both from Oklahoma. We, we've never actually, you know, like met. Dude. Oh, my God. I don't want to get too far off the res because we've been at this for a while. But we were but in that line together. Not only were we in that line together, outside of the con, we were in the same line. Because there was a hold, there was a hold up. And you're like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I bought these tickets on someone else's card. And they basically wouldn't let you in. I saw, like, holy S-word. This guy is upset right now, man. But I like his Moose t-shirt. And then I find out three years later, that's Floyd Johnson of the social suplex. Yes. Yes. And I, and it's funny because, you know, you know, I don't want to be, I'm never that guy, but it's like, uh, I, I got on my phone and said, Hey, Jerry, the owner of the company, they're not letting me in. (laughs) And he comes right around and says, let him in. And it was like, and you know, you had the lady looking at me like, you think you're hot shit, don't you? And I'm like, for a moment in my life, I don't like know like anybody like famous. For a moment, I did feel like hot shit. I'm gonna tell you, it was like <laughs> you don't know who I am right now. It was like it was that moment. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's like... <laughs> it is something that I've always found so funny that specifically in the past three years, we've been at so many of the same shows. And in one particular instance, we were feet from each other, and we never talked to each other until you you joined uh, the social suplex. And, you, and it's hilarious because, as you know, I talk to literally everyone. <laughs> you can't shut me up. So the fact that we were is, with that close and I never had a conversation, I know at that point I was very distracted because I was pissed off that I couldn't pick up my tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Jerry's like, calm down, I'll take care And I was pissed. Because <laughs> they were telling me to have my friend come from her house down to yeah. the event to show her card and give me the tickets. I've literally never had that happen at an event before. I do you know I I hard like in uh, a few years ago. I'm like I don't even remember. I very rarely use my card or my bank account for anything because you know yeah. I didn't have credit. I would always just like give someone the money and then use their card. So this had mm-hmm. literally never happened to me. So I was I was livid. At that point, yeah, it's about as livid as I get. I don't get very angry in life in general, but yeah, knowing you and li- like knowing you through this podcast and through the group chat, like you're a pretty cheery guy, but you were not in that moment. That's yeah, for sure. Because they were, it's like literally not going to let me in, and I was like, you know, I had, you know, I generally buy the big stuff, so I had spent. I was first row platinum, all that good stuff. And it was like, yeah, you, got, you probably got a stinging meet and greet like yeah, I did. Yeah. I was like, I had spent a lot of money on that ticket. Now, now I'm going to meet, I'm thinking about meeting sting next week. I haven't decided on it yet. Oh, he's going to have the red, white and blue gear on. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've thought about it, but I found that when I was at Oklahoma, when I talked to sting, he said little to nothing to me. Yeah, he was kind of reserved, that's for sure. Yes, that is not the type of meet and greet I usually pay for more than once. Yeah, so like, <laughs> you talked about how your your bracket didn't do too good. 
yeah. from the tag tournament. Yeah, no, no my, shitty, complete shit. <laughs> I did for the most part until the finals. I was actually, I was, uh, what, what there was, I missed one pick and it was the finals. And if I had, I had made it, I would have gone up even more on our, our little bracket. Yeah. Um, I was convinced, like, especially from like the first segment, I'm like, okay, well, SCU is going to have this, you know, miracle run quote unquote with Scorpio sky, not being the initial, uh, tag partner. And then they're going to come up short. That's what I was convinced of. And I was, I was really shocked. SCU won. the live crowd seemed very shocked that SCU won. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to say they hated it because they didn't like, if they hated it, they would have booed. They would have let you know, but they, they seemed, I don't want to say disappointed, but at the very least they seemed shocked. Yeah. The Lucha bros were clearly built as the best tag team. Yeah. In AEW. I mean, they gave them all the, you know, the wins over the young bucks, you know, they've been pretty dominant in their matches. They were built, they've been built as the ace of the tag team division. So, them losing was a little shocking. Now, and it's funny because I I kind of, you know, a prediction, not a spoiler, of course, is uh, I kind of think we're going to get a rematch in yeah. Baltimore, and I just have this sneaking feeling our first title change is going to happen in Baltimore. That See, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like that's, honestly, I feel like that's kind of a cop-out that you would do a title change 10 days after you crown them. Yeah, but you, you this is the first pay-per-view after TV and yeah. I, and you know You have Okay, I will admit like you have to do a title like you have to find a way to get your tag your tag titles on the show especially since you just crowned your champion. Yeah. And with only one show to go like what what else are you going to do, you know? Yeah. But maybe uh, maybe they don't get a rematch. Maybe they have to fight to get their rematch or whatever they have to do. But, you know, Lucha Bros dropping SCU on the head, t- walking out with the title. I could see it happening at that next show. You'll get here, you will hear more on the preview when I announce the winner. Uh, it'll be either Wednesday or Thursday. Thursday's a travel day, so it will probably be Wednesday. And it might even be before the show. I just want to get a preview out there before the show, just letting y'all know. Yeah. But, uh, hey, I'm not. Since I was on the show, I'm not disqualified from the contest, am I? No, nope. uh, you, you know I'm not. You know I even thought of that before I asked you, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to disqualify him just because it is pretty. We've only had like fifty something people enter, so if you're listening, enter. Uh, but uh, I was going to watch the show anyway, so it's not a big deal. But yeah, it's super. It's super random. I just literally put the thing in a randomizer, and I click it five times, and whoever's the number one on the list wins i mean it is it is the most fair system that i could come up with so uh so yeah so if you win you win i mean hey hey i deal with it you know i'm gonna be fair you know i've given more (laughs) prizes to people i've you know don't know who and they like i i'm pretty sure they only entered the show and they have never listened to our show but they got the prize Yeah. (laughs) yeah so i was like hey you win so no, but um, well, this was very shocking. Very shocking. SCU won. I am very happy for Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. Uh, Frankie Kazarian is the first African American champion in AEW history, right? Because you know he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a 
This is a company that's that's not diverse, Floyd. Yes, and that's all I've heard. And you know, you got a you got a Canadian world champion. You got a uh, you got a you an Japanese woman. Japanese yes. uh, women's champion, and now you got a black uh, world tag team champion. And then, hey, hey, for your traditionalists out there, got a Caucasian. Yeah, you got Frank. <laughs> Yeah, we got Frankie <laughs> K, Caucasian tag team partner. There you go. So, so we we're covering all bases. Check, check, check. You know what I mean? You know, we 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 are inclusive. You know, AEW yes. is for everyone. So, but yes, that was AEW Dynamite. I will ask Caleb, putting you on the spot, letter grade A through F. What did you give the October thirtieth episode? of AEW Dynamite. You're you're asking for a letter grade. Yes. And I just want to say far and away this was probably my least favorite episode of the show, but I still give it a B and even eighty five percent. Yes. Uh and that and you know, I agree with that. I gave it a B. Actually for me it was more closer to an A. It was like a B plus A minus. Why? Because okay. I like a lot of the stuff outside of the ring. War is my favorite thing in wrestling. You know, when yeah. it was uh, NWO, WCW, then it was uh, the ECW invasion angle. You know, the start of it, you know, not how it actually ended up playing out. That was awesome. Even going into even going into the main event mafia versus aces and eights. You know, yeah. I, I, I love wars. So anytime you give me two warring factions or groups, and you tell me oh, about the, the, the next John Cena, huh? Yes, and you until t- SummerSlam, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. WWE ruins a lot of those, but I do like a good <laughs> war. It keeps me in. I pick a side, whatever. So I really did enjoy this episode. I enjoyed LAX beating up on everybody because you have to, if you're going to have a heel faction, you have to inst- establish that they are truly dicks, and they did a good job of establishing that in this show. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I thought that was great. Uh, I will tell anybody that listens, I know this is an AEW show, but Friday's SmackDown was the greatest oh. episode of SmackDown ever. That that was very good. I don't want to say best ever. No, but... no, if you watch the show, Pat McAfee said the <laughs> November 1st SmackDown, November 1st, 2019, this is the greatest SmackDown ever. That's why I said it. <laughs> a lot of people don't like Pat McAfee, but like I freaking love him. I, I do too, and I enjoyed that from him. It felt very, uh, it felt very late '90s Tony Schiavone of him that he kept saying, you know, best episode of SmackDown ever, and he named the date specifically. Yeah. My whole thing is Pat McAfee reminds me of a well-spoken fan on commentary, like he yes. doesn't know really what he's supposed to say or do. But he's just reacting to the shit that's going down, and he's a big fan, and I enjoy it, and he's genuinely excited to be there, and I think that it's numbed down a lot when it comes to WWE commentators. We shouldn't be talking about WWE, but since we're near the end of the show, I figured I could throw this compliment into SmackDown. That was an epic episode. I actually watched it, and then watched it again. (laughs) I'm not if you have a spare 20 minutes, 
do yourself do yourself the service, and you've probably already seen it, but if you haven't, do yourself the service of watching Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan. That was amazing. That was an amazing match. I just like I really wanted to put that over because I am a, really want to drive home. I want you to watch AEW every week. I want you to watch it live. I want you to watch it before you watch anything else. But there stay are vigilant. stay I, vigilant, sir. But yes. there is other good wrestling out there. I'm not saying don't watch the other wrestling. That's just stupid. I you're mean, just saying, AEW first is what you're saying. <laughs> just watch AEW first. I'm like, back in the day, I used to love Friends, right? But there were uh-huh. other TV shows on, and I watched those TV shows too. Didn't mean I loved Friends any less. It's just, yeah. I watched it in addition. But on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock when Friends was on, I was watching that one first. That's all I'm saying. Watch AEW first. Absolutely. Not, not AEW only, AEW first. On uh, this week's episode of Dark, since we haven't got a lot from what's going to be on TV, just know there is going to be Sean Spears versus Michael Nakazawa, Ali and Sayi Gibbs against Big Swole, Ariel, Ariel Monroe, and, and one of my personal favorite women's wrestlers in the world, Mercedes Martinez, so I am very much listening, l- looking forward to this dark episode. Then we had Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janela versus Jurassic Express. I would imagine this would be the, you know, uh, what is it, the uh, Jungle Boy and uh, Marco Stunt version of it? But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly didn't look too far because I didn't want to know who won the matches. I just wanted to know what the matches were. Uh, but only thing I've really heard about Dynamite next week is Kenny Omega and Hangman versus Jericho and Sammy Guevara. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, so that's the, the only thing I've heard. Uh, it's definitely their first go-home show in AEW television. So it will be interesting to find out what a go home show looks like for them. I mean, yeah. have any thoughts? Um, I am very interested in, you know, again, like you said, what a go home show looks like for AEW. And one thing I'm honestly a little more interested in, and I may actually add it back to the docket for the week. Isn't MJF supposed to be on commentary for dark this week? I believe so. I believe so that he is going to be on commentary. So that, that has my curiosity peaked for sure. Yes. Um, um, yeah. But and I'm also interested to see like what are they going to do with the women's championship? Like what is Riho going to do at the pay per view? Yeah, if, I I could see Riddle, like a triple. Yeah. Hikaru, what's going to happen? If they do anything, I think it's going to be her versus Emmy Sakura. Okay. I think they've been giving Emmy Sakura a lot of wins lately, and I think then that's the build up because Emmy Sakura is Rio's trainer you know you have that natural that story yeah uh, yeah student yeah yeah so i'm looking forward to that what brandy's gonna do because i think that's something that most people gonna want to see something out of i don't think they can do i i want to see if they want to do a slow build do it i enjoy a slow build but with Mm -hmm. how confusing that was last week i think people are gonna want answers this week so I I don't you know like I I'm just thinking of the rabid fan base. I mean I'm like let everything play out you know especially yeah. I mean, it's still this will be the 
what fifth episode of the shows like just kind of let the it six. Roll. six yeah six yeah yeah so you just kind of let it roll and but i think a lot of people are going to want a lot of answers with the brandy situation but then you know brit rio maybe we get a triple threat match to decide the number one contender it's going to be some stuff and the result how the lucha bros they are heels technically as a tag team how are they going to respond to losing the tag team belts i mean there's a lot to look forward to this week like i said my biggest thing is what is a go-home show for them? You know, I've seen Raw and SmackDown go-home shows, and they pretty much suck. You know? <laughs> it's like, it, it is skippable. Everything is building to the show, so it's pretty skippable for the most part. How is AEW, especially now that they're not going up against the World Series and the ratings were a little down this week, are they going to go out, try to go out with a bang to spike a number or what they're going to do? Yeah, I'm kind of curious. I honestly, I really hope more than anything. Um, you know, early days NXT on the network. One of their their formulas for go home shows, when they did the traveling takeovers, was they would do a lot of whether it was face to face. There wasn't like a lot of huge like big wrestling matches or anything, but they did a lot of video packages and a lot of face to face promos and everything. And I kind of hope they do something in that vein. So the infomercial show. Hey, this is what's going on. Sell the pay per view. It, it, it doesn't sound very sexy when you put it that way, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the you know, I, I like I said, I'm interested. They have they thrown my ideas of what a TV show should be out sometimes. So I would like to see what we get there. I'm like I said, very excited. Again, we're going to announce. Uh, I'm going to try to. Rec- I'm, I'm going to record a show before Full Gear. Hundred percent. That I mean, that's the one thing I can promise. I don't know when it's going to be, and I know I'm going to. But the latest I'm going to announce the winner is Thursday, because I want everybody you to be able to watch the show. So I'm going to do the drawing and stuff like Thursday. So have your entries in before then, and I'm going to even if I don't do a show, which I'm sure I will, I'm going to at least announce the winner of the Starcast in full gear. Uh, streams and I, I like I said uh, make sure you're entering tell your friends and that should be fun Caleb thank you for yes, sir. joining me on this show this was a true honor and pleasure uh, yeah if I talked you over you I do apologize because uh, I think your phone comes through like with a bit of a delay because <laughs> it feels like you start talking after I start talking in. So if you're on this show, I wasn't being rude. I just, no, it's fine. Didn't, I didn't know. I was like, I didn't know when you were going to talk. So, uh, yeah. Do you have anything to plug or anything to say, sir? I mean, of course, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you know what you can subscribe to social suplex podcast network, wherever you download podcasts. If you want to follow me personally on Twitter now, it used to be, now it's not so much since the season is over. used to be a lot of baseball talk. Now it's mostly football talk and other things, but you can follow me at I am Caleb B. That's I A M C A L E B. And then another B. Yes. Yes. He was talking about that boring stuff that we call (laughs) baseball. Thank God. Yes. It's 23 million viewers this week, sir. 23 million people watched baseball 
And I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I was going to say something very political, but I'm not going to do that. Just know just because the majority of the people do something doesn't make it right. No. I hear you. <laughs> so, uh, so, no, uh, uh, congratulations to the Washington Nationals on winning. Uh, oh, because the Houston Astros did not close it out on Tuesday to avoid World Series competition, they got my vitriol, and I was rooting hardcore for Washington Nationals from afar because I don't watch baseball. And the Washington Nationals won, and screw you, Houston Astros. I only asked them to do one. <laughs> I only asked them to do one thing, Caleb. One thing. Just one win, win on Tuesday, so we didn't have to go up against a freaking game seven. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I, about to, I didn't even put my stay vigilant post because I knew we were. I knew AEW was taking the L that day. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was looking for Houston to win Game Six, not so much because oh AEW and NXT want them to do a good number. I just wanted to watch the Masked Singer this week. Yeah, I am. I was hoping, uh, beyond hope, that the Astros went ahead and finished it out. But next this week, you get a double elimination episode of Masked Singer. What? I That's know, right? Two times the fun. Uh, hopefully, before you watch Masked Singer, you turn your dial on to TNT mm-hmm. about 7 o'clock. Until nine o'clock, at seven o'clock Central Time, to nine o'clock, watch AEW DVR the Mad Singer. Watch it later; it, it helps their plus three numbers. You know they don't expect people to watch it live, whatever. Uh, but make sure you're watching AEW, and I'm gonna say it again: AEW. Go to shopaew.com. You know support <laughs> AEW. Um, no, but seriously, be following the Social Suplex on all. Your uh, all your uh, podcasting apps, uh, including a Podbean, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, do it all that, and make sure you're following our uh, our little Twitter at 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 elite pod. Tiffany and Amy chime in from now and then. I retweet a lot of their stuff. I try to stay up on the news, but as you know, I sleep during the day, so that makes it a little difficult at times. But thank you again, Caleb, for joining me this week. You were um, having me on, Floyd. You were amazing. I love that you kept your impact thoughts to yourself, <laughs> uh, which is awesome because they are inferior and there's no need for it on our show. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just had to take a shot at impact in baseball. Those are the two things I had to take a shot at. <laughs> you don't wear your hat in church, you know, and. I'm not on Impact Podcast. I'm on an AEW podcast, so I wanted to keep it as close to AEW as possible. Because there's no such thing as an Impact Podcast. There was. <laughs> it got about two episodes, and then I stopped recording. Exactly. Tapped out. Yep. Ran out of interesting material. You covered everything. I get it. Nope. Uh, <laughs> That's not it at all. Like This was like 2018 Impact, which I loved. No, I was going on, but yeah, I actually love 2018 Impact. Like again, I just take shots at Impact in baseball. That's what I do when I talk to you. Yeah, that's <laughs> do, bro. We go at each other. Yeah, I can't go at the Niners because they're like freaking undefeated. So I'm gonna stick to the two things I can go at you about. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. Well, thank you for listening. I would just like to remind you, whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.